and welcome to another episode of the Heart God Media Podcast. Today I have a reoccurring and special guest and uh, someone I probably wouldn't have been able to have the podcast go on as long as it has uh, without him, uh, Brian C. Tyler. Brian, it's good hey to guys, have you. Uh, go ahead. Hey guys, it's me. <laughs> I know you miss me. How many podcasts have you done since we did our last one? I think two or three. Must have been torture for them. Yes. Especially the Pet Cemetery 2 one. That was all by myself. Oh my god. I feel like I should have been there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to talk about It Chapter 2. Um, but before we dive into that, uh, we're going to go over some uh, current horror news. So, something that was announced uh, over the past few months was the back-to-back filming of uh, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Uh, which are, you know, follows follow-ups to the 2018, do you call it a direct sequel to the original, right? That's what it technically is. Yes, Jesse. So, That's what it is. So now this is uh, apparently the official Halloween 3 and Halloween 4. No. Unofficial? I don't know. It's confusing now, but I'm, I'm looking forward... To the movies. Did now did it where does it rank like do you hold two thousand eighteen Halloween in high regard? Did you enjoy it more than say Halloween two? Would you put it over Halloween two? No. No. No, sorry. Now do you like that there's a direct sequel to the I... original that has rewritten like the history of the franchise? Because the franchise is puzzling and storied i'll i'll say this to me now in this generation these iconic like slasher franchises like michael myers jason i know i'm naming the characters and not the movies but it's more like comic book characters at this point right so they don't have to like all follow one another you can sort of reboot and go back to the original and go from there and i i think that's cool honestly i think it keeps the character it keeps the characters and the mythology of these newer famous monsters alive yeah and i don't think it takes anything away from the previous sequels it just gives it an opportunity to go on and to give us more entertainment i mean i don't see any problem with more michael myers more they're too classic not to the stories are too classic not to be retold and not to be continued on i mean honestly when it was first announced that 2018 halloween was gonna ignore the previous sequels at first i was like oh come on again like are they gonna keep doing this this is annoying but then i'm like no this is actually cool because everyone everyone complained not everyone but a lot of people complained like purists that in the original halloween they are not brother and sister and they forced that into the sequel so people wanted to hate on that right this one fixed that and then people complained about that and i, I like that i believe in i the, like that we have both yeah i agree now i i if i remember correctly in the chap in the chapter in the um in the trailer they actually did like sorted that out for any confusion as well when halloween came out last year well people were still confused yeah because of course you know people yes um so with those two films coming out back to back it seems 2020 and 2021 is when they're slated they're going to be filmed back to back um it's going to be a nice bow tie on maybe the original story of halloween yeah now i was like why do we need more because i thought 2018 halloween was like a perfect tribute wrap wrap up yes it was like halloween h2o um depending on how you look at it better or worse whatever it's just different to me and i was like do not halloween resurrection this (laughs) like don't make another one and ruin it but so I was like, what are they going to do to keep it, like, fresh, keep it entertaining, you know, not have to bring in, like, a supermodel and a rapper? 
um, and kill off people that you don't want to see die. Um, but they brought in Anthony Michael Hall to play fucking Tommy Doyle. That's a, that's a hell they, of a get. That's a hell of a get. And they brought Kyle Richards back to play Lindsay Wallace. So that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. I'm excited to see how they'll fit in. And we have Jamie Lee Curtis back, of Judy course. Greer back. Um, I think the standout for, and you can uh, chime in on this as well, I think the standout for Halloween 2018 was Judy Greer. I thought she was awesome in that. I've always been a fan of her. I... You know what? I don't know if she was the number one standout for me, but obviously Jamie Lee is I, it's so amazing to see yeah. her, and she was such a badass too. Yeah, um, but, but I thought but Judy, Judy Greer, Greer was so entertaining. Yeah, well, I love Judy Greer. I always have. I think I like her in everything I see her in, but I wasn't that impressed until towards the end when she really like stepped up and right. like turned her character around became kind of more when you saw strong. the training that Lori had trained her for yeah. kick in that's when you're like oh shit she a bad bitch yeah so it made sense um so um something i wanted to talk to you about obviously we talk about genre film here and with uh genre film you can definitely say that tarantino makes genre films so now that you've had some time to let once upon a time in hollywood marinate in your uh film mind where does uh where does uh, once upon a time in hollywood sit with you i don't know how to rank it right now it'll take some time movies. for it to work its way into the ranking properly but, i think yeah but i loved it i think i might have i probably i definitely loved it more than the hateful eight i i um, yeah definitely i did probably more than his last couple movies until we get to inglorious bastards agreed um but I I loved it. It was such like it was. It's weird to say this about it, but it was such a feel good movie. It really was. Like it, it really made me happy because it changed the mythology of like yeah. you know what initially you know had happened with the Sharon Tate murders and, and such. Um, initially we set up for a tragic ending. But yeah, it just gave you like this like fantasy. Now sort of. you can agree or disagree with this. I'm interested to hear. Uh, your take. I think it's his most different movie out of his entire catalog to date. Since Jackie Brown, yeah. Yeah, because Jackie Brown was kind of a departure as well. I'll agree there, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and this is completely original. Jackie Brown was based on a novel. Right, right. So, yeah, he really, like, he's really impressing me because he's. I don't think he's ever lost his touch. He hasn't made I don't, one movie that I didn't love. I don't think so. There's movies that I, I just didn't like as much as the rest of his catalog. Being yeah. the last few, I thought I thought like the performances were great, but for some reason like Django and Hateful Eight really didn't grab me the way like Inglorious Bastards grabbed me. Um but with think I haven't seen uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for a second time yet. I, once it comes out on Blu-ray, I will pick it up and and watch it. But the more I more I, the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I liked the film, and the more and more I was really appreciating what Leo and Brad were doing in it. Because I mean, they're kind of the last of the really big, real true blue Hollywood all stars that aren't like popping up in every Marvel movie. Like, yeah, and they're they're just amazing. They've never played the same character twice. No. That I know of. I, it's not like I've seen every single one of their movies, but... Uh, but, uh, I mean, you're they're just adding to their... Um, to their filmography in, like, the best way possible by doing another Tarantino film, the both of them. They've and, come so far from Cutting Class and Crit- Critters 3. Yeah, you ain't you kidding. Talk about, talk about going to from those films, which are campy and, and fun for what they are, but, uh, you know, and being the biggest uh, stars in Hollywood. But I think that's... I, I do love that you see these huge stars and they got their start in genre film, in horror, in, a, in horror films as well. Like, you know, you look at all the actors, like Johnny Depp, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, 1984. Yep. Like, uh, you know, if he doesn't get that role, does he go on? Yes, he probably would have went on and been a pretty decent star, but there's no denying that Wes Craven got his face out to millions of Americans uh, before anyone else did, having a yeah. significant role as Glenn in Nightmare on Elm Street. 
So, um, speaking of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, we're 35 years of Nightmare on Elm Street this year. Yeah, did we pass the actual anniversary, right? Like No, because it was released in November of 84, so... Oh, okay, cool. So, perhaps we do a Nightmare on Elm Street. We dive in the enti- into the entire franchise the way we dived into the, ne- the Friday the 13th franchise. We haven't done that? We haven't. Right. Think about that. That's crazy. Yeah, we gotta do that. I can't wait until our conversation about Freddy's dead. Oh, yes. That will be uh, that'll be an hour at least. Yeah. Sorry, maybe guys. maybe we'll have to do a two or three part uh, episode when we do the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise because because uh, I know it was a it was a feat for people to sit through the three hours of uh, the Friday the Thirteenth one and there's a lot of gems in that one there's a lot of good talk yeah how highly rated is the Friday the Thirteenth one among your other episodes I think because it was so long people had to keep going so when you keep going back to it the play count goes up. So it was significantly mm. higher than the rest of them, but I think for that reason, I think the people who usually listen, listen to that one, but it took them a few times. But it, yes, it was, uh, there were so many gems in that one. Uh, I, ho- I hope that if anyone gets three hours, has to drive anywhere or something, pop that one on, because it's a, it's a very interesting conversation we have about the entire Friday the 13th franchise. Speaking of, we still have to do part two and maybe part three of the Alien franchise. Yes, we do. That's something that we're going to have to dive into. Um, and we're coming up on a year of doing the first two Alien films. I know. We were thinking like a month or two. Yeah. <laughs> but as you know, as it goes, so it goes uh, with the Hard Guy Media podcast. But, uh, you know, let's before we dive into it, Chapter 2, let's go back to the 2017 adaptation of It, which I, I know we talked about in our Stephen King episode about two years ago when when it came out um you know where does that film now that you've had two years for that to marinate in your film mind where does uh 2017 it rank in your uh as far as maybe stephen king adaptations or you know where does it how well of a movie you know do you think it is do you think it's a great movie I think it's good. Not it's pretty great. great. I, here's the thing. I, re, I really enjoyed it. It didn't, but it didn't give me anything I didn't get from the original it. I know it did some things differently, but everyone was saying it was so much better and there's more from the book. I didn't necessarily get that from part one, but as you know, objectively as a movie, it's really well done. The, actors are all great the child actors their chemistry is really well done special effects are amazing bill skarsgård yes was amazing as pennywise agreed brought something totally different from tim curry i think they're like equally great as pennywise yeah i would i would agree with that now i think it's not a movie that i've rewatched much since it came out honestly i think i've i went and saw it in theaters twice and I've rewatched it only once since then, so I've seen it three times. Um, I do think, uh, contrary to to your opinion, I do think that it did give me something that the original didn't, and it's something that what if you tap into it with me, it it, it automatically hooks me as that '80s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I know there wasn't a ton in there, but there was just enough in there to really like uh, make me thoroughly enjoy it more than i already would having it take place in the 80s you know what i did like that a lot i know 80s nostalgia is sometimes overdone but they didn't overdo it they didn't throw it in your face yeah it wasn't like i don't know what to compare it to because i think stranger things does it really well too um but yeah that was really cool i loved that Nightmare on Elm Street 5 was playing at the theater. Yeah. I love that. Was there a Lethal Weapon 2? I think there was Batman as well. Yes. Seeing a Beetlejuice poster. It, it gives you that that feel-good yeah. uh, feel notion. Um, but I loved the, the 60s and nostalgia of the original, too. Yeah, exactly, yes. Um, but I did, lo- I did think the child actors were a cut above. I think they were cast perfectly. I li- I literally like thought every selection for each character was perfect. 
Yeah, I think so too. Um, w- which is something that I think can be said uh, for this as well. For it, chapter two, I think um, that the cast was perfect. You really couldn't have found like a better cast. Um, I do have some gripes, but I don't think I. I mean, the casting department needs to, you know, a tip of the cap to them for for both films because I think mm. you know finding someone like a Bill Skarsgård. Uh, to portray, find someone that can portray Pennywise the way he does is it ties the entire idea of being able to do it and do a new adaptation of the novel and do it properly yeah. without patronizing intentionally or unintentionally what Tim Curry and you know Tommy Lee Wallace did with the original. And I think, I think it's fair to say, at least in my opinion, it's about equal. I would say it's equal to part one of the original i would agree i don't think either one is better or worse for i mean one's a tv movie one's a theatrical movie like i think both did the best they could possibly do with it right but for me like probably nostalgia is whenever i feel like watching it i will put in the original nice now um so if you had to in your ranking system, how would you rank it? How would you rank twenty seventeen at? I don't know. You like have... among movies in general? No, like on your personal ranking scale. What do you do? One to five? Oh, like give it a number. Okay. I'll give it an eight. Eight out of ten? Yeah, like I know it sounded like I had a lot of problems with it, but I didn't really. It's just not something I watch a lot. But I think it deserves an 8, definitely. I would probably... 7.5, 8. I would probably go somewhere around the 8.5, 8, 8.5 as well. I think it's very, very, very well done. Uh, I think when it came out, I probably gave it a 9, but um, honestly, I would probably go with a 9. I'll say 9. I think it is a 9. I think it's a 9 film. Almost perfect. Well, good for you, Jesse. I'm glad that you find so much more enjoyment out of it than I do. Well, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, It Chapter 2. So, this was always going to be, I think, a difficult task for them to recapture what they created in the original, a.k.a., you know, the 2017 It. Um, I didn't think it was... I mean, with a... With a all-star cast, star-studded. Um, I didn't think that they were going to have as many hurdles as I think that they ended up having, in my opinion. I think that there was uh, there were some issues that I think made it uh, lesser than part one. Um, but those are my issues. I don't know. But it seems like the consensus is that, yes, it's a very good film. It just doesn't do what the 2017 part one did as far as engaging and entertaining in the way that that film did. Would you agree? Yes. We are talking about this now? Yes. Yes. Mr. Eric Tyler E.T. is a no-call, no-show right now. So. Oh, okay. Well, did he know we were doing it yes. this time? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> it Chapter 2... Um, I set myself up for disappointment because I don't usually, I usually go into everything with an open mind, mm-hmm. but I went into this one so sure that I would love it so much more than part one or chapter one or it 2017. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, but there was so much I did love about it. There were also just so many more flaws than part one had. I, I, I couldn't agree uh, anymore. I don't know if I thought I was going to love it more than the first one going in, but I definitely thought I would love it equally. And I, I had built myself up, and maybe it was a product of that too, is just building yourself up and overhyping it yourself because of the expectations yeah. that were set. And like I said, I don't normally do that. Right. At least, at least not in the last few years. And um, I think it... Like I said, the cast was outstanding. Bill Hader, obviously everyone's praising his role. It's Richie. 
Um, I love. I've always loved Bill Hader. I have too, and and I think I've told you. I've told a few other people after talking about Bill Hader's performance in this. I'd recently watched uh, his show, two seasons of it, Barry on HBO, and I really think he is like really crafting his uh, his art form of acting in that show. Yes. Uh, so I haven't if, seen it. If you haven't seen it, uh, I advise you all to check it out because Bill Hader really is uh, something special in that as well. But do you uh, think you remember enough of the movie where we can sort of do like chronologically? Yeah, because there is there is so much we could talk about. Oh yeah. So obviously, uh, they did keep the opening scene that was in you know the book as well. the The opening scene was in the book where you know there was a I mean, something that's pretty, uh, I mean, luckily it's not as bad as it was, uh, back when the film was written and even back, you know, um, but I mean, gay hate crimes still happen to this day. So, I mean, that's something that's still relevant to this day. And that's something that they kept in there. Um, you know, did, uh, where did you think, where did, did now, have you read the book? No, but that was I really read... hard for you to get. <laughs> no, I'm embarrassed. But did you did I read, you know like, that that scene basically was basically a Cliff Notes version of okay, the book? Okay. So I know everything that happens. In That's the book, good though. Yeah. So, you know what? Yeah, I um, was that it... that was in the book. I wasn't expecting it in the movie. It wasn't even a, a thought. Right. Right. So, but when you saw it, you immediately clicked your go shit. Yeah. And I had so many mixed emotions. Because I thought it was really cool that Stephen King put it in the book. Back then, it was groundbreaking it to was put something like that. It was so relevant the... and a little less relevant now, but still right. relevant. But I also was like, what? I was trying to figure out why we needed that in this movie. You know what I mean? I mean, because where it leads to, we didn't need the hate crime you know what i mean right but i think that is the like the a little bit of misdirection too like he gets thrown this this uh young man gets thrown over the bridge and he's going to get rescued by his uh boyfriend and then fucking pennywise gets him like so it's just like well it felt weird to me because pennywise eats children and this was an adult regardless i mean he uh it felt weird to me, but I was at the same time like, oh shit, this is getting real. This yeah. is cool, but also I'm like, this is unnecessary. This is kind of exploitative, which is not something I normally say. But I would but say these if are it, many people. So yeah, I, I, a lot of mixed feelings. If it wasn't in the book, I would say it was like for no reason. But the fact that it was in the book, why right. would you not? So, right. So I'm not going to say anything like that shouldn't have been in the movie. I'm not even going to say I was offended, but I'm just saying I had mixed feelings on that opening scene. Now, did you, did you enjoy, um, you know, how the Dairy Clan, the Losers Club got back together? Did you, did you, cause I thought that that was a little rushed. Part of me felt like it was a little rushed. But maybe I have to see it again. I'm not sure. But it felt like it was rushed. They rushed to the point of like getting everyone back together too quickly. So when they were calling everyone, I thought it was well done. Because I thought we got just enough of a glimpse of where they are. Their current lives, yeah. Like as um, Mike was calling them. Right. Um, I thought it was cool because that's a scene I remember from the original movie. And um I like how it was a little different with each of them. Like, it didn't... Sometimes it started with the call, or it didn't even show the phone call. It just showed their reaction afterwards. Right, right. And then, um... I thought that was well done. And then we... We sort of jumped to the restaurant after all that, right? Yes. But before that, we get, um... Jessica Chastain as Beverly getting beat by her... Is that her husband or her boyfriend? I can't remember. It's her husband because she takes the ring off. Oh, right. Okay. So that's something that is from the book and yes. the movie as well. And um, I was like, oh, shit, it's getting real again. Which I knew, you know, I expected that because I remember that. Um, 
And I think Beverly's story is really, like, sad. Like, the fact that she came from a home with an abusive father, and then she ends up with an abusive husband. Yeah, I think that's something that can often happen. Like, it's so normal in your life, abuse, and then you end up with that again, and you know it's fucked up, but you're also like, this is my life. Right. And and she almost feels... I think she... Uh, and it's something I felt in the, the book as well, too. I mean, granted, I haven't read the book since, like, 2002, and it took me, like, nine months to read it. Um, and I chipped away at it very, like, casually. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, that call, more or less, you know, it does, in a way, save her and makes her feel a little bit of salvation of, like, yeah, you know, returning to, you know, the only friends that seemingly she has ever had. Right. And then I thought it was interesting, which another thing that is also from the book and the original movie that is done well is that they don't even necessarily remember exactly what happened. They sort no, of buried no. it. They remember just the good stuff when they meet up again. There's a little like of a feeling uh, that something happened to them when they were kids. Right. But it's very realistic that way, I think. Yeah, suppressed memory, yeah. for sure, is, is something that's that's certainly real. It's very, and, like, you know, childhood trauma. It's very well done, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, now, a gripe I did have throughout the entire film was the overuse. And I, I really didn't think I was going to say this because I thought everything in the first uh, It, Chapter 1, was done so well, I thought that they kind of got a little too wacky and wild with the CGI in this one. Yeah, some of it was cool. The CGI was good for what it was. Yeah. But some of it was I feel like it was overused. So campy, like um, the Paul Bunyan statue. Right, right. And the old lady turning into... It was like... It kind of reminded me of like Evil Dead shit. Right, right. And it was just... A weird tonal shift going from, like, how serious it is, like, how good the acting is. And right. To, like, that type of shit. So I didn't know how I felt about that either. But the special effects were good. So I feel like everything bad I'm saying about the movie, it's, like, 50-50 somewhat. Right. I was, uh, I mean, in the culture that we live in today with, um... I guess, quote-unquote, uh, triggeredness, as they say. Um, I was surprised and pleasantly surprised that they kept the Stanley suicide in and wasn't, like, super off-screen, even though, you know, it... I mean, they didn't... It wasn't 13 Reasons Why where they were showing him cut his wrist, but they did show him, you know, dead in the bathtub. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, which I think is important. You know, right? They they're not just like putting the stuff in there to. No, it's from the the source material. It's from the source material, and it's also a thing that happens. That I mean, Stephen King was just bringing awareness back then. Yeah, and I think, you know, it still needs to be in people's heads today. That they got to be cognizant of it at some yeah. degree, whether you want to or not, or whether it makes right. you upset or or what have you. Like denying it is only hurting and perpetuating the issues mm-hmm. so uh you know what characters do you think were the most well-developed and what were the characters that you think weren't you didn't get enough from well i think my answer is probably going to be pretty similar to a lot of people's but richie was mm-hmm. a standout eddie was a standout um i think those are really the two standouts for me the other characters I think Ben and Bill sort of fell into the background, especially, and the other ones were kind of in the middle. Actually, I think Mike was well done. Um, Mike and Beverly were well done, just not as standout as right, the, right. the other two. I expected more from Bill, and I expected more from Ben. I, I did like the little bit that they did give us for Ben, um, you know, now he's like kind of a big wig and he's like, you know, he's not a fat boy anymore. No, uh, I mean, that's nothing we didn't, I no, thought it was no. better done with John Ritter in the original, actually. 
I did, but I, I think it was more pronounced now because the actor who played older Ben was like... Like we saw his six-pack. Yeah, like t- type thing. Um, I mean, that's not discrediting John Ritter's portrayal of Ben because I thought his portrayal of Ben was awesome and I thought he was amazing in that. As yeah. John Ritter was in just about everything that he was in, but... I'm sure he looked decent with his shirt off. Oh, I'm sure. Just... <laughs> I mean, it's John Ritter. Um, but I do think uh, that James McAvoy, for some reason, he... I feel like it was a so- obviously like a super solid get for them to for him to play Bill, but I just feel like it it missed the mark the same way as I, I've said this to you uh, earlier on last week. Um, I feel like it missed the mark the same way that the John Lithgow cast as Judd Crandall in the Pet Cemetery twenty nineteen missed the mark. Yeah, it, you did say that. Uh, great, great actor, great character just missed the mark a little bit for me and i feel like i didn't get i didn't get the james mcavoy acting for the character that i thought i would get and i it's the same way with uh, john lithgow as judd crandall i feel like good character uh, amazing actor amazing character and it just somehow missed the mark anyway um yeah i think james mcavoy did a good job, but I was expecting more because right. he's James McAvoy, which I think is basically what you said. I think, I don't know what order they were filmed in, but he did a fucking terrifyingly brilliant performance in Glass this year. I still haven't seen Glass. So I feel like he gave like everything to that and... Oh, he was also... Was Dark Phoenix this year? Because he was in that, too. He's busy. I have not seen that one, either, oh, yes. Neither. Um, um, he did a decent job. He just wasn't as standout as the rest. They can't all be standouts. There's six of them. That's true. But, I mean, it goes without saying that, you know, Rich, the character of Richie was the standout. Bill Hader just, like, knocked it out of the park. I have to make a phone call. Really? Who is it? It was my job calling. Oh. BT, I need you to be more on time, all right? You know that there's football on today. Okay, you can't dick around. You're the late one. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> uh, we have uh, Mr. Eric Tyler joining in on the conversation now. Uh, hello, we have. Hello. Both the Tyler brothers to here to discuss it chapter two. Now, Eric, uh, we're we're in the midst of discussing uh, it chapter two. Now, what are your thoughts now that you've uh, it's been able to marinate with you for a little bit? Mm, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I really loved it. I thought uh, it was really. It, I mean, I, I looked at it from a I don't know. Like I guess people approach these movies in different ways. I, I looked at it. I thought it was really. It was it was fun. Those the the first one uh, was really fun. This one was really fun. I feel like it's a. I even would use the word whimsical. Like you know what I mean? Kind of like it's just. I would agree. It's, it's just like um, the way Pennywise is portrayed in this one. I don't know. It's just much more. I don't know. It's just not that Tim Curry didn't do great things with that character. Obviously, I love his portrayal of it in the original original, but. Um, I just think Bill Skarsgård kind of brings brings it to like this weird level. I don't know, like it's it, it's it's creepy and it's it's uh, almost like funny at times. But I, I I think this this wasn't as good as um as as it you know the the chapter one. I don't think, but uh, I think it was it was really good. I give it about a seven out of ten or something something in that vein. I think it speaks volumes for the franchise and horror in general that um, the the magnitude of the stars who wanted to be a part of this, obviously even with Bill Hader and Jessica Chastain and um, the other fellow there from X-Men, which I always forget his name. James McAvoy. James McAvoy, who are all solid actors. Um, and that's the, that's the thing that really stood out to me in this one, I felt like, was um, was the acting overall. I thought they all, everyone did great jobs with the characters, I thought. And like I said, Bill Skarsgård just kind of knocks it out of... Uh, out of the park it can't be easy to play that role if that makes sense you know what i mean it's just kind of like with the, his dialogue and the way he delivers it 
it's just it's almost it's got to be tough to uh to just maintain that to keep that in your in your mind frame and stay in that mode when you're when you're shooting and then obviously cutting scene cutting uh, the scene and then you're you're just going about your business i don't know i just think when people delve into those kind of roles it's always interesting to me so yeah he 100% knocks it out of the park and and your opinion on it is i think the consensus of us as well and the consensus of most where it was it was good, but it, it kind of lacked what I think Chapter 1 had. And I'm not even sure I can even pinpoint what it was. I did feel like I didn't get enough Pennywise for some reason. Yeah, well, I think that's, you know what, you're right about that. I don't think that, I think it definitely did lack something from the from the first part. Um, and they definitely, I think this one was much more geared towards the, the you know, the children growing up and kind of healing as it was of seeing Pennywise as much, because you're right, we didn't see him too much uh, in this uh, in this segment here. But I don't know when he was on screen, it was crazy. But yeah, you're right, it did it did lack something. I can't really pinpoint what it did lack. Maybe it was just um, you know Pennywise not being on on the screen as much and stuff like that. But I think they probably like scaled him back a little bit to keep him from being overexposed, keep him more mysterious and scary when he does pop up which which works but the movie's for just sure, for sure. so I long mean, so there's some times where you go the longest period of time without seeing him but and those scenes where he appeared with the children the, so uncomfortable and so creepy oh yeah like I, that scene under the bleachers yeah yeah that was just next level creepy for sure um I really, as far as like face goes, and we're talking, we're, we keep talking about the, the how good the casting was, but the facial like on pointness of Eddie for the older the actor who played the older version of him was insane. Yeah, it really was crazy. I don't know how. I mean, they, I wonder what the process is like trying to. Uh trying to find that that character you know what i mean like i can i have no idea but they did an amazing job casting uh with all of them really yeah definitely. oh for sure i think they're all super believable that they were who they were before maybe the only one who didn't kind of look like it was mcavoy's character probably but yeah yeah he did a great job did you notice um i mean i probably missed stuff that you guys picked up on but there was little uh you know, cameos. Um, the one guy who played uh, Eddie in the original was played him. He was like a in the businessman sequence. You know what I mean? Um, I can't even remember the sequence when they when they kind of showed everybody and they're in that like business. Uh, they're in like the conference room and the guy's talking. No, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I think um, I'm pretty sure. I can almost guarantee that that is um, the the kid who was in the original. Uh, the original film. No shit. Let's, um, actually, now I kind of want to, uh... Of course, wanna... we got the, uh, Stephen King cameo as well, which yeah. was a treat. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. That was really hilarious. Yeah, playing the thrift shop owner, uh, was, uh, perfect. And I always forget how tall Stephen King really is until I see him stand up. I didn't I know, pick right? up he's on that, actually. He's such a creepy dude. And, and you know what? I just want to I want to apologize. I said Eddie. I meant to say Ben. Oh, okay, yeah. Character ben. Did you pick up on um, on that? No, I didn't. So, yeah, like uh, when they when they introduce Ben and they show him that he's much, uh, you know, not as chubby, I guess you would say. Um, the dude who's talking, I'm pretty sure, is the kid from the original movie, which I'm looking up now and it looks like. It is, in fact, him. The guy's name is Brandon Crane. Oh, thanks, because Jesse's trying to fact-check you right now. I wasn't fact-checking. I was just interested. Uh, I'll have to watch that with a new set of eyes to to get that, because that is uh, that is yeah, a, a nice cameo. He's actually listed on uh, the newest hit as a big guy, but if you it, it, he played Ben in, in the original. He played Ben, yeah. So that's pretty cool. I did pick up on that. I don't know why I got that. He just kind of had to remember his character. So, so um, I mean, go. We're we're kind of like uh, skimming through here uh, the the story and everything. Um, 
but something I do want to uh, talk about, which is something that they, uh, it was never intended to be that this way in the book. Uh, King never wrote it that way, but he did say that he, he likes that people interpret it that way. Um, is the relationship between Eddie and Richie. Now in the, in the movie that they, they ran with, uh, you know, Richie being, uh, being gay, being a homosexual and, and in the book, did you not get that, Brian? You gave me a weird look. No, no, I didn't. You didn't get that? I mean, that was pretty blatantly obvious. Hmm. <laughs> Awkward. Did you sleep? <laughs> Were you sleep? Did you nap during this? <laughs> oh, was it? Did he have like a crush on that kid that he tried to play the game with? Well, they they alluded to it like because, three different times. Because I did think that. No, I. The only time I thought that was that scene. When he flashed back to being at the well, arcade of the movie theater and that kid. How about when Pennywise when said cried. that he had a dark secret, he knew his dark secret? Well, you know, so much shit happened in that movie, okay? I thought about this and then, as it happened, but then, like, you can only remember so much. But you know at the end where he went to the bridge where he was carving the R and then yeah. he went there and added the E or recarved the E? Exactly. Oh. R plus E. Oh, did he have, like, a thing for Eddie? Yes. Jeez Louise. Welcome, welcome to it Chapter 2, Brian. I'm glad we could cliff note it for you. Um, but, but yes, in the book... Fuck. In the... <laughs> Good for you, Richie. Welcome to the team. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> wait, is Eddie gay, too? No. No. Okay, he just had a crush on Eddie. But... Yeah, in the book, no, they, they married to a woman. Yes, but in the book, yes, they they just kind of alluded that they had a special friendship apart from everyone else's, um, and people kind of ran with, okay, Richie was gay, um, and in in this movie, they they tackled it head on to kind of really say, well, let's run with it, let's run with Richie being gay and having you know feelings for Eddie, even though him and Eddie did have like a special bond. No doubt, but there was more feelings there for Richie than I think Eddie, um, and obviously that's what the the story in the movie ran with. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not gay for you, but if you died, I'd I'd be that upset. Would you I'd... carve a B and an and a J in a totally. in a park bench? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I already have. <laughs> you gotta go find it. Well, it sounds like Brian, you definitely need to rewatch. No, I I remember all of that, and now I. You put it together. Yeah. Because I definitely thought, like, shit, is he gay? In that scene with Eddie Bauer's friend. Yeah. Eddie Bauer's cousin. Yeah. But then, um, and when he said Dark Secret. But when it didn't get brought up again, I just didn't think of it. It went wayward. So It went wayward. So, yes. Carry on my wayward son. <laughs> so, uh, so, obviously... Uh, they they ran with that for a nice little uh but i actually saw complaints that they were mad that they didn't go more full bore with richie being gay no that's it enough yeah i know i mean well, I they, did, well <laughs> obviously not <laughs> obviously not enough but well, now that i see it all they did enough you don't that movie didn't have time to be <laughs> delving into There's already, gay fantasy well that's well, that's the that's the unfortunate thing about living in the time and place that we do is they gave it more than the original story ever did because they were never intended. Richie was never intended to be a gay character in the film. But Stephen King said, "I like that people took that interpretation. That is interesting." But you know what? I thought Richie was gay for a minute in the original movie. So too. didn't I. So didn't but I. But that guy, yeah, yeah, he was a little flamboyant. I liked it. Um, but regardless, yes, um, there was some people that were upset with the uh, the alphabet people that they didn't run. How are you going to be mad at that when I don't know? I don't know why they're mad. Gay in the book? I, I have no idea. But they said that it was. Well, let's ask them. Where are they? I don't know. I, I believe the New York Post posted about it, so that goes in line with how that uh, establishment goes as well. But regardless, uh, yes, the story. I feel like. 
the spe- Eric, you can chime in on this as Brian and I were uh, talking about it before you decided to join the uh, the call. But um, did you think that there was an overuse of CGI in this one? Uh, I mean, they definitely used a lot, that's for sure. But I kind of felt that way about the first one, too, you know? I mean, like, it's, they definitely didn't use a lot of practical effects. This one definitely at points, like, I even think my my wife, Jen, like, or Jen, I should say to you guys, uh, at one point, I think when they were doing, like, the orbs, you know, from, like, the... yeah. Like, Jen was just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Because it definitely took, like, um, I think in her perspective, like, she's never read the book or, or know much about it, but I think for a lot of and I'm sure a lot of people who've seen, who've seen the film are the same way, and they, I'm sure majority of people didn't even know there was an original film, but um, I think, you know, during those scenes, it kind of gave a different, almost like a completely different feel to the movie, you know? Like, it's like, wow, like, because we all know that it, like, what what it is and stuff like that but you know what i mean like it just it, it gave it the different feel of the movie so i thought there was some intense cgi obviously in those scenes and uh like anything when that had to do with the the ritual and stuff like that with um with the native americans and the orbs and stuff yeah very like i was i was like, deeply sci-fi. i was deeply hoping for the throwback orgy scene With the children? Yeah. Jesus Christ. You're a sick fucking so is Steven. <laughs> hey, he wrote it. He wrote it. I just wanted to see it. I know. I love Stephen King, but... He loves Solo, okay? Pretty... <laughs> it's just awkward. I'll say it's just awkward. I don't well, want to no see that, but Jesse, you do love Solo. You love naked children all right, all right now we're getting weird i don't love naked children. well then don't make a joke about it because i'm really gonna <laughs> really gonna put you on blast listen whatever. i get a lot of hate for enjoying solo for its historical what it brings to cinemas okay, historically okay now get all pretentious i'm just saying that the director died to make that film to expose fascist italy and the corruptness of the government and higher ups in italy in the 1940s what they were doing to children and people are so disgusted by the film that he made that they're it, it overshadows the point he was trying to make about defacing uh, these Italian officials and these high-ranked government people, how they were treating and abusing and torturing and killing children. But that's neither here nor there, yeah, I, I suppose. Get it. I get it. Let kids die and get raped. We will never expose them. This got dark. I Well, <laughs> listen. Moving on. To your points, and then we will end the conversation... <laughs> And you don't come back at me with anything. This is just my opinion. He did not have to shoot it that way. It didn't all have to be in your face like that. You could still know what's happening without having to see a 14-year-old boy's dick. Yes. Okay, moving on. I didn't make the film. I'm not saying that I fucking agree with everything he did to expose him, but regardless, he did. Yes, I told you not to say any more about it. Change the subject <laughs> back to it. Chapter two. Uh, next week on the Harkov Media Podcast, we discuss solid <laughs> in a seventeen-part series. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so I did think that they they ended up wrapping up the it chapter two nicely, but it did just feel like I was missing what I got in chapter one. But I mean. It's a good film. It just wasn't as good as Chapter One. Are we wrapping this up? Because do you guys, do you guys think that it was too long? Yes, yes, definitely too long. That's what I wanted to say. Is that I think, I think it's about the middle of the movie when they're all looking for their artifacts. I think that's when it started to drag. And I got the uh, point. Yes, I got I the agree. point of it, but I think we didn't need to drag it out for quite as long as we did. I thought the scene with with Beverly in the house, even though we saw it in the original, was creepy up until the old lady turned into a monster from the Evil Dead. But uh, I think I will say, like, I do think it was too long. But the, I will also say that at no point was I really like, oh, 
like thinking like, man, when is this going to end? You know what I mean? No, I agree. I, I didn't feel that way either. Uh, I think I feel like I was just waiting for a climax that I never truly got. Once Pennywise's face was melting into the fucking, like, into the ground, I was just kind of like, oh, I guess this is this is it. Like, I was expecting more, even more. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, like, I think the overall yeah. consensus is that there was something something left something something missed but all in all I, th- I thought like you said i thought they ended it very i thought they ended it really well and and they kind of went full circle and completed it so did you almost feel bad for pennywise when they turned him into a little baby no me I felt, a l- I felt a little bad for him when he was just a little tight yeah thank you <laughs> now i can admit it it's only when he was in that little little baby form. I'm like, okay, he's just a little baby now. Just leave leave him alone. You know? Is it weird that I had an intense desire to want to see them just torture and kill him for like the next half hour and let it be a three hour and twenty minute movie? <laughs> well, I could have seen it going that way. Yeah. I... So ratings, Eric. You said seven out of ten. Yeah, I would do like seven, seven and a half out of ten, probably something like that. I mean, I think it, like I really enjoyed it for sure, and I mean, and, I, and I, I think it got the job done. Pretty much what I was expecting, you know. I would agree. Similarly, seven out of ten. I would agree wholeheartedly. Seven out of ten. It's. I think this might be the most spot on we've ever been as far as correlating our reviews and feelings of a certain film. Now, I don't read the uh, reviews too much or any of that Rotten Tomato stuff. Like, I, I don't hold that in super high regard. But um, did, how, how was this? Does anybody know how this it was perceived? I think just how we've perceived it. A very good film, very entertaining. People loved it, but it was just lesser than Chapter 1. Did you guys kind of miss the scene from the original movie where Eddie Bauer is escaping from the mental hospital and Pennywise appears behind him to kill the guard but he's like in a clown suit but he has the head of a little <laughs> tiny dog oh, yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> I feel like I didn't get enough Henry Bowers too for some reason I was okay with the amount of Henry Bowers well we all know that Jesse's favorite character would be the Henry Bowers type <laughs> why would Henry Bowers be my favorite character uh, I don't know just like I, well, look at your I, favorite characters in other movies. They're the bullies. They're the mean rich kids. He's Billy not Zabka a mean rich kid, but... What mean rich kid do I like? Billy Zabka. I mean, Billy Zabka is... I mean, have you seen the the new Karate Kid series? Billy Zabka. This was before the Karate Kid series, Jesse. This was way before that was even thought of. Yes, I loved him and just one of the guys as well. <laughs> and back to school. And back to school. He was amazing. But, yeah, so your favorite character was Henry Bowers. I didn't know that. He wasn't my favorite character. (laughs) John Ritter was my favorite character because I could relate to how fat he was. At least in the original adaptation. John Ritter was not fat. No, but his younger character of Ben, the kid who played him. So why'd you call him John Ritter? That was like the one, like, the kid who played uh, Ben in the original uh, to Ritter looked nothing alike. Oh, yeah, I know. But, I mean, on the contrary, I think the ki- the kid who played the older Ben in, in It Chapter 2 was literally, like, you could have swore yeah. it was the same kid. He did look like the same kid, grown up, got himself in amazing my wife's, shape. My wife's favorite character would be the young Ben. Chubby. He's, a, he's <laughs> adorable. In what about that kid um, in the skateboard that Bill kept trying to save, but he ended up getting killed brutally in the... Funhouse or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. a dick. I didn't like him. A little kid was adorable. I, I did. Would, if I had a son, it would he would look like that. I if just want I, to talk about how cool the carnival was. Why can't? It, like, why didn't our town have a cool ass carnival like that? Because our town was trash, Eric. Our town was trash, and you know it. Yeah. Where the hell would they have had that? Canal Street. There's plenty of places, and don't you trash our town. It's pretty. They didn't, they didn't have it because Timmy Mitchell would have set it on fire. It's got I mean, I, I'd like parts. to think that Canastota was probably a little bit better than Derry, Maine. I'm just guessing. Well, we do have a Canal Town Museum. Yeah, it's a cute little town uh, with some box, with some trash. Of, Every place has its trash, though, doesn't it? 
lot of they got a hell of a grinder grinder sonar going on in Canastota apparently too. So. Oh, a what? <laughs> I don't know what that is. You're gonna have to tell me. I'll tell you off, Mike. Uh, no, I want you to tell me on Mike. No. Okay. Um. So, are there any Stephen King adaptations that you want to see? either redone or done for the first time. Obviously, we have Dr. Sleep coming out. I have one more thing to say about It Chapter 2 that I just remembered. I did not, like, and this is so minor, I did not, like, the Here's Johnny part. It just stuck out like a sore thumb to me. I get what they were doing, calling back to The Shining, but it would have made more sense if they had, like, seen The Shining when they were kids and were scared of it or something tore you up that much he had to mention it no he said it was very minor now let's move on (laughs) (laughs) he calls the shots so yes are there any stephen king adaptations that you would like to see now that we've done it which is a big you know retelling of the of the tale Mm -hmm. i could totally go for like a new children of the corn i mean done right we're getting. Or you mean you mean stuff that hasn't been a movie yet? Either either hasn't been a movie or something you want retold, like a well, graveyard shift. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't read any books that weren't movies, but I don't know. Man. So think... I'm just I'm gonna say Children of the Corn. Children I don't know. I feel like they would ruin it. I don't think that they could ruin that movie because it is already. Well, I mean, yeah, they did make. They did make like, 40 of them, so... <laughs> I guess you're right, but... I, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I never thought the original was good. You didn't like the original Children of the Corn? Wow. Outside of the opening scene, it was really intense, but after that, the movie just falls flat on its face. You get Linda Hamilton dancing in her underwear, and that still ain't enough for you, huh? Oh, that was cute, I guess. <laughs> I think, um... I think the two that come to mind that I would like to see redone, but I do love the movies. One is Needful Things. I love that movie and the book. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see that come back like in present day. And the other one uh, is The Stand, actually. I think that would be interesting to see come back. Yeah. Aren't they doing they that? are doing they that. Are doing well, there you go then. Now I look stupid. There you go. I and they are would... actually re-releasing the, well, releasing the stand on Blu-ray for the first time this month. It's good shit. Well, needful, I would like to needful, watch that. I would say Needful Things then. I, I love that. I love the movie. I think the Do you own great, the stand? But... No. I've been waiting for the Blu-ray release I because Artisan, Artisan put out the DVD and that, that DVD is trash as every DVD Artisan's never put out has been trash. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, We've talked about it, Chapter Two, um, and yeah, there it is. And you can find us on Instagram at Hardguide Media. You can find us on Twitter at Hardguide Media, and uh, like, rate, review. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, or Apple Podcasts rather, uh, Stitcher, everywhere you can possibly imagine, just not SoundCloud. Um, but yeah.